0: Well, what is up my friends? Welcome to this bonus episode of MyFi. Super glad that you are with me today. Uh really excited over the last couple of episodes, I've gotten to talk about uh my my three favorite concerts a couple episodes ago and then on social I mentioned my my couple from the year like from 2022. In this episode I want to talk about my top 10 of all time. So we're going to have some fun. Uh but before we do hit subscribe wherever you're at, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you're on YouTube, YouTube especially, Apple especially, like, hit subscribe. It's super helpful. Rate and review if you can. Drop comments. Uh, we love interacting. I love interacting having conversation around music. So it's all super fun. And I'll post some more stuff on social this week. Follow us on social at Podcast everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the things. Go like the page on Facebook. Just interact. It's all about interaction, right? It's all about conversation. It's all about finding out about new music and sharing stories around music and all those good things. So uh record of the week let's do that and then uh and then we'll 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 do the episode so uh record of the week this week i'm going to grab it this is the uh 4lp uh release of Kanye West's latest record Donda um i i love the album uh i love uh, i love Kanye i love i love all Kanye stuff um but this record was really, really cool. It was a gift given to me by my good friend Alan um, and, and super meaningful. But uh, I, I just love the album. If you haven't heard the album or maybe you never given Conway, Kanye West a listen, I, I don't know how you have it maybe, but um, this record's awesome. Uh, one of the most interesting things to me about this is he's put it in like two or three different orders. So the album is actually like shown up on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever in like a different order. This is the This is actually in the latest order that's on Apple music, which I was a little bit bummed about. Cause one of my favorite tracks on here is called jail. And on the original track list, it was like second. And on this one, it's way further down. It's actually on the, I think it's the second LP or the backside of the first LP on this. And you can find this, like I, I got it, uh, uh, you know, it was a gift, but it came from my local record store, Cardin records. Um, but I, I, last time I was in target, I saw a couple of uh, copies of this record and you could go pick that up and enjoy it too. It's really cool. like, Um, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify video, you can see like literally the whole thing is just black. There's no, um, there's no like artwork per se on it at all, like images or anything. Um, not to say it's not artistic, but I heard some story. I don't know if it's true. You know, you read stuff on the internet, you know how it is. Um, but that there was like a lot of design work done for this LP release and at the last minute. Uh, Kanye just decided that he just wanted the whole thing black. So, like, even on the records, like on the where you normally have like the credits or the song listings and all that sort of stuff, it's just black. Uh, not like Metallica black album with the little snake and the logo kind of faintly there or whatever. I'm talking about everything is just black. Uh, and it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I kept opening it thinking I was going to see some sort of liner note or anything, but literally the only thing on there is the UPC code on the back of the album. So, but the record's great. It sounds great. Um, And uh, it's a good listen that that record all the way through. I feel like is is really really strong So if you haven't listened to kanye west donda go check it out. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. The lp's cool uh, yeah All right So, uh, I want to talk about my 10 favorite concerts of all time. So let's get into it here we go. You know, a couple of weeks ago on an episode, honestly can't remember which one. I'm a bad host uh, at remembering things. I feel like sometimes, but it was a couple weeks ago. It doesn't really matter anyway. But I talked about my three favorite shows of all time, and obviously those three shows are on this list. And I'll share a little more detail even now than I did then. Um, but those shows were a, a Wilco show, a U2 show and a Tobe and Weewe show. And I'll, I'll talk about those. Okay. Uh, share a little bit more, a couple more stories on it. And here's the deal. I hope that this like makes you think of shows that you've loved in the past. Cause one of the beautiful things about music is it's nostalgic. Like it takes you back. It's like a great time machine. Like you hear a tune and you remember, you know, people you were hanging out with or a vacation you were on or, you know, uh, I don't know show you were at, obviously, but like, I, I love that part of music and I love finding out about new music because, uh, I just love exploring new sounds and emotions and all those sorts of things. Uh, I had, uh, two friends today send me records and I love that. I love when people send me stuff. Uh, and so anyway, I hope in the conversation, whenever we talk about stuff on fi, especially talking about shows, maybe it just reminds you of some good times. You know what I'm saying? Music's great. And I'm glad we have music it's a, it's a real gift. And, um, anyway, I could go on and on about this, but let's get into it. Now, these are not, um, like in order. I don't think I could put them in order and they change a little, you know, I'd I shared my top three, they're in the top 10, but I kind of shifted them around a little bit. I don't even know that the order matters, but, um, uh, and I'm, I'm sipping a cup of coffee. Uh, I like fancy coffee, like the pour overs and stuff. um, However, uh, I will drink not fancy coffee as well. This is a fine K cup <laughs> version. Uh, so, uh, you know, don't judge me. I, I, I don't mind. You know, it's, sometimes coffee's like, you know, you do it to enjoy it. Sometimes it's just functional. This is one of those functional cups of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Anyway, let's talk, let's talk shows. All right. 10th on the list. I saw dream theater. Uh, in the year two thousand, actually text my buddy Gray because he was with me at the show. Um, and to to and we couldn't remember. I thought it was like ninety eight. Uh, he thought it was ninety eight too. Uh, I actually looked it up on Dream Theater's website because they keep immaculate logs of their shows and their drummer Mike Portnoy on his website, you can go, I mean, it has the dates and the set list and all that from like every show that Dream Theater's ever done. Uh, it's really impressive. So I was able to find, it was like August 27th, or I'm sorry, August 24th, uh, the year 2000. It was uh, the Metropolis Scenes of a Memory Tour. And it was at the Bronco Bowl in Dallas, Texas, uh, which is like a bowling alley, bar, restaurant thing. But it actually is a cool venue. It's not like a you know, a small thing like it—it's a cool venue. I, I saw several shows there, um, but the crazy part of this. So we went with my friends. I think it was Chad and Greg. So there was four of us. Um, ch- I think Chad bought tickets. Some of this is a little—you know—it's twenty-two years ago. You know what I'm saying? I was in college. Uh, but somebody bought. I think Chad bought the tickets, and something had happened, if I recall correctly. Uh, it was like uh, a bunch of scalpers had bought up the whole like. Lower bowl uh, of the tickets in this place, I don't know, two, 3,000 people max, you know, in this place. And Dream Theater didn't like that. Somehow they got all the tickets in this section re released. We didn't know this at the time, but Chad ends up just going on to buy tickets, at least this is the way I remember it. And for some reason, he clicks like best available or whatever, as you do, you know, on Ticketmaster or whatever. And we end up front row center. And I remember there were the, the opening bands I uh, were on the thing I looked up to. There was a, a local band called Watchtower and then another band called Turbulence, I think was the name of it, or Transcendence or something like that. I can't remember. But um, we were front row center for Dream Theater on the scenes of a memory tour. And it was just outstanding. Mike Portnoy, the drummer, stood up and took a picture at one point of the crowd. And that picture ended up on their website. And this is 2000. You know, the internet's a a thing at this point. So we were like on Dream Theater's website. And as a young fan, Dream Theater, if you don't know who they are, they're like a a prog rock, prog metal band. Um, I mean, all the notes. They're they're all like, you know, super, you know, uh, super musicians. Like they're amazing. And it's really music for musicians. Like if you're not a musician, I'm not completely certain that you would actually like really enjoy it. Although a lot of people do. Um, it's just really complicated, really complex metal. Um, but they're all super talented. So the songs are really long and the show's really long and, but it was so cool being front row. Uh, one of the guys with it's called a drumstick, you know, it was one of those shows where just like you're inner, you know, you're seeing everything. And I remember, uh, at one point, cause they, they're in their songs, they have these, uh, long instrumental sections and their singer, uh, James Labrie, 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 I don't know exactly how to say it, but he, uh. At one point, I remember we could see he would like exit the stage during these. And when I say long, I'm talking like, you know, four to six minutes, sometimes longer instrumental sections of 15 minute songs, you know, or 12 minutes, whatever. He was like over on the side of the stage playing video games. Like he had a thing set up. And I mean, he was when you talk about taking a break, that brother was taking a break. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, I don't know. It's 2000. I don't know what was out. Madden. I don't know what he was playing. Uh, but he was literally playing video games. It was, it was pretty funny. And uh, and then he would run back on stage and he's like, you know, all in it. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, that show was just stinking amazing Front, I'd never been front row at a show before and not, not at least of that you know, caliber. And, um, man, it was just amazing to experience. They did a song for Encore called Change of Seasons. And it's like, it's kind of like one song in four parts, but the song's like half an hour long. And when they started into it, we were like, Oh, we're, we're going to be here a little while. <laughs> when they came out on Encore, my friend Gray, he like knew this probably still knows everything about that band and, and, uh, is largely responsible I think for getting me uh, into them. So, uh, anyway, great show. Next on the list, uh, Muse. I saw Muse on the Absolution Tour in 2004 in New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Hammerstein, Hammerstein, however yet. Um, And it was kind of an accident. Like I was uh, supposed to have a connection to get in with the security guy there because a friend of mine knew him or something. And I was in New York for these like coaching meetings and stuff for work. And anyway, I talked to the guy that my friend said talk to. And the dude was like super rude to me. And I was like, man, I'm by myself you know, I was, I was uh rooming with a buddy during these meetings, but his brother lived in Brooklyn. So he was, he was hanging out with his brother and I'm like, it, you know, midtown ish, New York city, Manhattan. And I'm like, man, I really want to get in the show, but I just got shut down and it was sold out. And so I, I went and got a cup of coffee. I think it was like maybe February that year It was cold. I remember it was really cold and and I'm from the South. So like, you know, it was probably like 40 degrees, but I felt like it was like zero, you know what I'm saying? And Anyway, I sat down, I got my a cup of coffee. I sat on like a set of steps and I looked up and I saw a K rock. I think that's the name of the radio station is like the rock station in New York city. And I saw the van and I was like, man, I wonder if they have some tickets that I could like do something crazy and win. So I go over and I knock on the window and this girl goes, yeah, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any like tickets or like, you know, I don't know, prize packs or something I can do to like win tickets to the show. And she was like, well, matter of fact. We have, I don't remember what it was, like 15, 16, whatever prize packs, and they're all one and people are supposed to pick them up here. But if you'll hang around for an hour, if people don't come and pick them up, we'll give you the ones that are, you know, we'll give you something if it's left. And I'm like, man, what are the odds? So I take my cup of, co- cup of coffee and I go sit on the steps. Sure enough, it starts like raining lightly and it's cold. And I'm like, this is stupid. I should just leave. But something I couldn't leave. And I, I just really wanted to see this show. I think, I think the cloud nothings were opening up. Man, uh, I should have, I should have looked that up too. But, uh, it was, it was just a show I wanted to see. Muse on the Absolution Tour. Come on. Muse, amazing. Like that's their best record. My favorite record of theirs. Um, and anyway, long story short, the girl in the van like waves me over like an hour and 15 minutes later and no one had come to pick up those prize packs. So she gives me a ticket and I walk in and I saw Muse by myself, uh, at the (laughs) Hammerstein ballroom in New York city. It was pretty crazy. And they just slayed it. It was just a three piece. They had one guy playing with them and you know, Absolution, that, that record, you know, Stockholm syndrome, hysteria, all that stuff, just great, great songs, great, great tour. Muse was just breaking you know, and the Hammerstein's a great venue. I I saw another show there years later, but uh, anyway, great show, crazy story about how I got in. Um, Next on the list is my first show I ever saw. So um, in December of 1989, I got my first guitar, my first electric guitar for Christmas of that year. My brother and I both got these Squire Strats. Um, Mine was red. His was Black and so we were hungry, man. We had just started playing guitar, we we're just in it. Uh, this is and then fast forward to March of '90, so about three months after Christmas, I we had been in guitar lessons. I mean, we were just consumed, just playing guitar all the time. And for my birthday, my dad took me to see Poison and Slaughter on the Flesh and Blood tour. And last week, we had Steve Brown from Trickster on the show and Steve and I've got to be friends over the last couple of years. And have talked about this a couple of times, but, uh, trickster was supposed to be on that tour and they left like three dates, three shows before I went to the show, uh, to join the scorpions on the crazy world tour, I believe is what record the scorpions were on. And so trickster went opening for the scorpions and they had been opening for poison. And, uh, I don't know if they were, if slaughter was already on or if slaughter took tricksters place or whatever, but the first band I ever saw was Slaughter and then Poison came out and man it was the Flesh and Blood tour. Uh I had just learned uh, the Unskinny bop riff from my guitar teacher. I I was just enamored. I was floored. Um my uh, my mom was in college at the time and she was taking an audiology class. So it was like she was doing like, learning how to do like hearing tests and all sort of stuff so she gave uh my dad uh, earplugs for us to wear at the show. And there's like a lot of funny things around this show to me, like good memories. But my, uh, on the way there, we're, we're in Monroe, Louisiana, where I, I spent eight or nine years of my life, uh, growing up. And, uh, my dad never said a word. He just, and I don't even know if I've ever like told my mom this or whatever. It was just funny, but he, uh, he had put those earplugs like in the console of his, of his, uh, vehicle. And we got on the highway or in the interstate, headed to the show. And he just rolled his windows down, (laughs) rolled his window down and threw the earplugs out the window and rolled his window back up. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. Like we're, we're going to rock tonight, you know? And and it was awesome. It was just incredible. I was hooked that night. Um, and, and it was just fantastic. Um, great experience for our first show, just full on rock show, you know, pyro drum solo, guitar solo, just awesome. I, I bought the live album later from that tour and there's so many memories attached to that for me. Um, so man, that was, that was an amazing, amazing show for sure. And I'm going to connect that to another show I'm going to talk about here in just a little while, but next on the list, um, uh, in 2009, um, Mobile, Alabama, actually saw Ryan Adams at the Singer Theater. Um, and this could have been 2008, maybe fall of 08. I think it was 09. Um, but I saw Ryan Adams, that was the first time I had ever seen Ryan Adams and Ryan is one of my biggest influences as a songwriter and guitar player, uh, just as a, as a front person, um, when I was in bands and stuff like that. And gosh, it was a Cardinals tour. It may have been, uh, Cold Roses may have been the record. It was right around the time there was like a year where he released three albums in one year. And I think it was that year. So it was like, that or Easy Tiger, I think was right after that. And anyway, the the that night, uh, myself, my friend um, Adam, my friend Casey, and Rustin, my friend Rustin, we drove over from Florida to go see the show in Mobile. And I don't even think we talked during the show. It was just like our jaws were dropped. It was so musically just raw and powerful, and we we just like soaked up every minute of it. Um, and I remember like, we all got in the car and we're like, uh, we should start a band. And Rustin was already in a band, uh, a metal band that I had worked on a, a record for that year. Uh, but Adam and Casey and I went back, talked to our friend Ben, and we started a group called the Carolinas and we made alt country music and we made a record in another EP. And it was just an awesome time. And, and that, so that night was super catalytic for this like next season of like you know, being in a band and I don't know, it was so inspirational to me. It was really, really catalytic, really pivotal. Um, and we spent like three, four years as, as the Carolinas, um, our friend Wes jumped in when Ben moved and we, we made the EP with Wes. It was just, man, it was a great time of making music. And it was all, you know, uh, it was all kind of kicked off by that Ryan Adams show that night and man, it just, it sounded great. Gosh, we, it was just, it was just magical. It was one of those nights you go, gosh. And so i I was always a fan that night. I became like a, a, a huge fan. Uh, and I know he's been through some stuff in the news recently and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the music itself is, is just so good. He's such a good songwriter and, and such a interesting type of, uh, rhythm guitar, kind of singer songwriter guitar player too. Uh, and I just always, always love his stuff. So, um, next on the list is the Wilco show at the same venue. I talked about this a few weeks ago, but in 2011 at the Sanger theater, uh, I, I took a buddy of mine West for his 20th birthday over there. We saw Wilco. We ended up, um, uh, we were eating in the sandwich shop before the show and the owners of the sandwich shop had tickets and weren't going to be able to go. And Wes and I had tickets, but we, I just remember this, I didn't share this a few weeks ago. We were not sitting together. We couldn't get two tickets together because it was sold out. This was also at the Sanger in Mobile, Alabama. So we drove over and went to the sandwich shop and we were like, well, maybe we can just talk somebody into like, I don't know, switching seats or something. And, um, uh, you know, we were just straight blessed because this couple who owned the sandwich shop just gave us their tickets and they were front row balcony. And the audio was amazing. I'm a huge Nels Klein fan, huge Jeff Tweedy fan. Um, ju- I just love Wilco. Glenn Kochi, their drummer, is so creative. uh, Man, I mean, it was just excellent, excellent, excellent. I th- think, I think they were on the Wilco the album tour, or it was just before that. It was like the Sky Blue Sky tour? Maybe it was some somewhere around that time frame, but gosh it was just so it was the same as ryan adams just kind of magical and wes was playing in the band in the carolinas with us at the time and so we came back just like super inspired i'm sure we wrote like 20 songs that you know may or may not have gone anywhere we even recorded or whatever but it was just super inspirational i love that about shows and and that ryan adams show and that wilco show both at the sanger mobile were like really really inspirational um If you don't know much about Wilco, either you know Wilco like you know him or you don't know him. Very few people go, oh, I've heard of them. Like Either you listen to Wilco and you love Wilco or you don't know who they are. If you don't know who they are, you should go listen to Wilco. I suggest um, Wilco the album is a good entry point uh, or Sky Blue Sky. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot uh, is their uh, best record in... Uh, a lot of people's opinion. That Foxtrot record is, is, uh, amazing. Uh, they've got some other records that I just, being there is a great album. Um, oh, what's the record with Art of Almost on it? Um, I'm looking at my record collection over here, seeing if I can spot it real quick. Uh, I can't really see it. Man, I can't remember the name of that album, but that's a great record too. It starts with a song called Art of Almost. Um, And so I'm sipping my coffee a lot. Uh, Go check out Wilco if you never have. Great, great stuff. Next on the list, um, my brother came over to Atlanta in 2016, and we saw one of the first dozen shows of Guns N' Roses on the Not In This Lifetime tour, and it was excellent. Um, we didn't really know what to expect. You know, guns hadn't been together in a long time and there weren't a lot of shows before it may have been in the first like six or seven shows. I I can't remember that either, but, um, we were blown away. The cult opened and I had always wanted to see the cult. I love Billy Duffy as a guitar player. And so the cult was great. And we were, we were pretty close up for that show. My brother and I hadn't been to a show together in a really long time, maybe, maybe since that poison show, um, in 1990, but, um, uh it was great. We had a great time. I I thought they sounded fantastic and they're just iconic. Like even on MyFi, I think we've only had maybe a couple of guests not mention Guns N' Roses as, as an influence of some type or that that band influenced a band that influenced them, you know. Uh Guns was pretty pivotal. They came like at the end of hair metal in that in that uh pocket between hair metal and grunge. And I actually heard a, a or read a, a theory in a book one time that like grunge didn't kill hair metal, that Guns and Roses did. The Guns came in and wasn't about all the glam and makeup and all They were just like these really raw Rolling Stones, you know, type of rock and roll guys. And it sort of opened the door for other bands who were just kind of like rock and roll, traditional rock and roll bands. Uh, like the black crows maybe or some of those bands that were big in like 89 90 91 and that those bands actually killed hair metal and made the way like opened the door for grunge to become big and i, I don't i don't know you know how much of that's true and you know it's just theory and people having conversations but i know that guns was incredibly pivotal and influential for a lot of people and just getting to see them uh, i'm a big slash fan and so just getting to see slash uh live playing these incredible songs the November rain solo and you know seeing Duff and you know all that and even the people who are playing with them now who aren't um, original members like Richard Fortas and um I think it's, uh the keys player Melissa I think it's Melissa Reese like they're just great players all of them uh Frank uh oh, what's the drummer's name Frank fur I think is his name and they have a, a, a keyboard player out with a uh, is it is it dizzy Reed Anyway, not important, but I mean important, but, um, cause they're all great players. They just, they put together a group of people who I think carry the spirit of Guns N' Roses as well, but seeing Axel, uh, Duff and Slash all together was just excellent and a great memory hanging out with my brother. Uh, next, uh, on the list, uh, U2, 2005 Madison Square Garden. This was the Vertigo tour. I talked about this a couple weeks ago too. I mean, U2, New York City, come on, man. Uh Kings of Leon opened up for them that night and Kings only had the Youth and Young Manhood record out. Uh Aha Shake Heartbreak, I think came out I don't know, a couple months after that. And Aha Shake was produced by a guy named Jackuire King, who is one of my favorite producers of all time. And Aha Shake is my favorite. Aha Shake and Youth and Young Manhood are my two favorite Kings records. So getting to see Kings of Leon open up was pretty outstanding. You two, there were there were like famous people in the crowd that they kept drawing attention to and like dedicating songs to and it was just all of the grandiose like that you would expect it was, it was just wonderful it was a wonderful experience um my wife was with me we were front row i mean we were like feet away from bono and the edge walking by and you know the edge is an incredible guitar player and an influence of mine for sure uh, I've always loved their songwriting and I just, even the mix was great. The experience was great. They came out on the little like walkway around where we were and they did some acoustic songs like desire and stuff like that. Kind of, kind of broken down and it was just really great. And uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, I, I remember like trying to digest everything that I'd just seen. I also say it's probably the loudest or second loudest show I've ever been to. I remember my ears still ringing on the plane the next day, because we flew out of Laguardia the next day, and I, I feel like like I remember my ears ringing the next day. I definitely remember after the show we went down. Oh God, is it Penn Station that's right right under the garden? Somebody somebody's going to correct me from New York City. I can't remember, but there's a there's a big uh, subway station underneath the garden, and we went down there as McDonald's. It was like the only thing open, and we were so hungry because we had been in line. Uh, cause we were in the YouTube fan club and you had to go in early if you were in the fan club, but you, that's how we got close, you know? And, uh, uh, anyway, we were just starving and we ended up eating at a McDonald's and I remember my ears ringing like crazy, but like, I remember devouring a quarter bounder as well. So that's not important, but you know, details, fun. Uh, amazing, amazing show. Next on the list, um, a show I saw this year actually, uh, and I've talked about it quite a bit. But the stadium tour, June of this year, 2022, was just really great. And I, I'll tell you, I haven't, uh, to play off the Poison show from earlier, I hadn't seen Poison since my first show ever in 1990. I, my brother and I, we we go to shows together quite a bit COVID, because of, uh, uh, you know, the uh, COVID stuff or whatever, uh, a bunch of shows got rescheduled and they're like, compacted into this year. So we've been to a few this year in the stadium show being one of those. Um, we did a little meet and greet with poison and it was really cool. We got to talk to them for a couple minutes and take pictures and all that. And it was one of the first times I remember kind of being a little nervous to, to meet people, you know, uh, they were my first show and, but I got to tell them that, you know, and tell CC like, Oh man, it was cool. You know, I learned your riffs and they were the first things I learned as a guitar player. And, you know, uh, it was just cool. They were, they were super gracious and super kind as you would maybe anticipate. I've always heard that about those guys. And it was very true. They were taking extra time with every fan who came through. And, you know, we, we kind of watched the interaction with people before us and after us too. It was just great. They were super nice guys. And then we walked out about halfway through Joan Jett's set. And the, the lineup was this band from LA called Classless Act that was really great. And then, um, Joan Jett, uh, Joan Jet, and the Black Hearts which they sounded phenomenal. I was blown away. Not, not that I didn't expect these bands to sound good, but Joan Jett just sounded amazing. Um, and then Poison came on. And during Poison's set, I remember looking at my brother and going, man, Def Leppard and Motley better bring it because Poison just like brought the party. I mean, it was super fun. It was in the Atlanta brave stadium here in Atlanta, Truist park and poison just brought it. I mean, they sounded great. Brett's vocal sounded great. All the CC, Bobby, Ricky played great. It was a great experience. Everybody's having fun. And it was like 90 degrees. You know, this is June and Atlanta. Uh, it was hot. Um, Motley came on, did a great job. Um, and, uh, uh, it was the literally the first show of the tour. Um Tommy had some Tommy Lee had some broken ribs, so they had a drummer, his tech, I think, fill in for him. Um, Vince was still getting a little warmed up, you know. Uh, you know, he was he was struggling a little bit, but that's a long show. You know, I heard he got better throughout the tour. And then Leopard came on and it rained for about 45 minutes, and I had never seen Def Leopard before. And they're one of my favorite bands, Phil Collin, their guitar player, one of their guitar players, huge influence of mine too. And just being able to watch phil Collins do what he does and vivian campbell too obviously amazing guitar player but man they were such professionals the rain caused some issues first night of the tour you know they're working out some bugs and the rain caused some issues too and Def Leppard was just so pro they adjusted did like a little acoustic set and it was just it was just great i mean we were there so long uh but gosh we we left super excited and haven't seen you know, four incredible bands and a cool new band too. Um in Classical Sack. Uh and so that that show was just was really, really great. Uh all right. Number nine on the list, uh, Tobe and way. I talked about this a few weeks ago too. This was in November of 2019. Uh Tobe and way is um a uh rapper unbelievable. I wanna say he's from Nigeria. I think that's right. Um But he, the way he raps is so different, and his brand and his videos are so strong. Um, I heard something early on that a friend sent me. I can't remember what song it was, but then I heard this song uh, he did with Paul Wall that was amazing. Recently, he's done songs with like Two Chains and Chameleonaire, and like uh, he collabs with a lot of people. But he, he and his wife and the producer Nell. Uh, his wife, uh, her name is fat. Uh, they all like work together. You can tell he's got like a real great family environment, uh, and real great, real close knit with his friends. He's from, uh, uh, Houston, Texas. I saw him, my friend Cam, my friend Devin and, uh, my friend Madure over at, um, the masquerade here in Atlanta. And one of the things I mentioned early in an earlier episode, uh, talking about my three favorite shows, why this was one of them. I mean, Toby was awesome new respects opened up. Awesome. A couple of other openers that were great, but in between all of the acts, in between all of the artists, this DJ was playing the absolute best of like nineties and two thousands hip hop. And I mean, people were going hard during the artists, like just having a good time, singing along, being crazy. But in between this DJ would like Shut the place down. I mean, it was hype. I have these videos of us just dancing and you know rapping along and everything. It was just so much fun, and the energy just arced all night long. Just, it was just a great from from open to close, an incredible experience, and just the set list and all. I don't know. It was it was just great. If you've never heard Toby and Wee Way, um, look him up. T O B E. Um, in Wee way is N G W I W E. I uh, I think, I, I think that's exactly right. I always second guess myself on spelling his last name, but I looked it up. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's right, but just look him up, watch one of the videos. Um, it ain't likely is one of my favorite songs. Um, man, he, it, it's just entertaining and the videos are so compelling as well. And so that, that show was super fun. I was with good friends and it was just a great experience top to bottom. Just the energy was just so, so fun. Uh, and last on the list, um, I am my favorite band of all time is the Rolling Stones. Um, obviously I wasn't like alive during their heyday. Um, but, uh, I grew to love Keith Richards so much as a guitar player. And to this day, Keith Richards is the number one influence on the way I play guitar. Um, he plays guitar with so much emotion and, uh, just, I don't know, there's something I feel like without the Rolling Stones, there would be no Guns N' Roses. I also love the way that Slash and Izzy play. Like, I love the way that Keith played with Mick Taylor early on and, and, um, with some of those records. And then, um, later, uh, even, and even more so probably with Ron Wood, the chemistry that, that Keith and Ron Wood have together is just really amazing to me. And, Always wanted to see the Stones. I moved up to Atlanta. A friend of mine uh had uh done some um some kind of tour management, some sort of something with them. And anyway, connected us and got some great seats for the show. It was at Bobby Dodd Stadium here in Atlanta, which is where Georgia Tech plays football downtown. And it was just we had great seats. Um I believe the opener was St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Great band, great warm-up band for the Stones but the stones just came out and this was 2015. It was the, uh, uh, z- uh, zip code. Yeah. Zip code tour, I think is what it was. And, um, uh, it was just a really, really, really great time. Uh, I was with some friends, Garrett, Wes, uh, Blake. Um, it was just, magical. I'd never seen the stones before. And Charlie was, you know, obviously still alive at that time. And I'm so glad I got to see those four of the stones. We actually had to go to the Ritz Carlton in Buckhead to pick our tickets up as like a friends and family thing. So we um, went up to a hotel room in the Ritz Carlton in Buckhead to pick our tickets up. And then we rode the elevator down with a... um, Uh Oh, the bass player. Oh my gosh. I just went blank. Daryl Jones, I think is his name. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like freaking out a little bit. It's the, I mean, the dude's connected to the Stones, like maybe the biggest band of all time. I mean, they've been around this, this year, they're doing a tour in Europe right now, celebrating 60 years of the Rolling Stones. Um And that night, I just, it was, the weather was cool. You could see the skyline of Atlanta from Bobby Dodd, you know, a part of it. And it was just unbelievable. Um, Really, really inspirational night as well. Super thankful to be with some buddies and and watch that show. My brother and I recently saw the Stones again in November of 21, uh, over at the Benz here in Atlanta. And it was a great show too. Zach Brown opened that show and it was awesome. And Steve Jordan was filling in on drums on this tour, um, for Charlie, uh, and Steve Jordan, you know, Steve Jordan, you know, I mean, he's amazing. And so it, it was a great show. You know, they definitely like honored Charlie well, and Steve has honored Charlie well, but that, that show, um, was just fantastic. And I, I didn't mention it in my three favorites the other day as, you know, trying to think through why, why I didn't, do that. I mean, the stones, I I think maybe it's just obvious. And I've talked to a lot of people about that show for a long time and just wanted to share something different, but I would have to say the, the poison show, my first show of all time. And then that stone show, probably the two most impactful for sure on my life as a musician and super inspirational. Um, Uh, As well. And so if if you don't listen to the stones, my, my favorite record, I shared this on a bonus episode earlier of all time is this is uh, the Rolling Stones sticky fingers. Can not you hear me knocking favorite song of all time? Uh, What a great riff. Uh, And so anyway, those, those 10 shows dream theater. Muse, Poison, Ryan Adams, Wilco, Guns N' Roses, U2, uh, the stadium tour, uh, which is Motley, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, and Poison, um, Tobey and Wee and the Rolling Stones. Those 10 shows, super impactful for me. Uh, I'm going to post some stuff on social this week and just kind of keep the conversation going a little bit, uh, you know about live music and all those sorts of things. So look for those posts and interact and comment and let's keep the conversation going cuz live music is uh I'm so glad it's back. I'm so glad you know you don't know what you got till it's gone those couple of years where there weren't a lot of shows happening. Uh but I'm glad it's all back. I've got a few shows I'm, I'm looking forward to coming up. Going to see the, the killers this fall. I'm going to see, uh, going to see kiss this fall. I'm going to see, uh, Elton John this fall. So a lot, a lot of cool stuff I'm looking forward to seeing. And, uh, I hope you, you get out and get to some shows too. big shows, small shows, whatever you love, because live music, uh, is really, really great to experience. So anyway, thanks for sharing the time and, uh, till the next show, you guys have a good one.